This Christmas will see a lot of Australians struggling to make ends meet. Many will have to fight back a cynicism that comes from an awareness that many of those who caused our economic woes seem to be getting off scot-free. But on the other hand, those who've just paid workers off at Christmas are giving themselves raises in pay. A case could be put in an attempt to ward off poverty and a feeling of injustice were the ingredients that brought together what's been called the second greatest Christmas story ever told. Charles Dickens, The Christmas Carol. Breakthrough Super Special. Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day, I'm sure, on which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. Hello, hello, a Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas, one and all. On an early October evening in 1843, Charles Dickens stepped out of his home near Regent's Park in London. He was deeply troubled. The 31-year-old father of four had thought he was at the peak of his career. Pickwick Papers, Oliver Twist, Nicholas Nickleby had all been popular. But his most recent story, Martin Chiselwit, which he considered his finest novel yet, hadn't produced the financial results he'd expected. His publisher had revealed that sales had been lower than those hoped for, and it had become necessary to reduce Dickens' monthly advances against future sales. It looked as though he was heading into a bleak Christmas. memories of his childhood poverty resurfaced. He was supporting a large extended family and his expenses were already more than he could handle. On this day he was walking the streets of London to see if he could rekindle the sense of mission that originally focused his writing. He left London's tidy, better neighbourhoods. And as he neared the Thames River, the dull light from the windows of the tenements illuminated the streets with their open sewers and rotting garbage. There were gaunt, hapless prostitutes, pickpockets and beggars. It wasn't a hopeful sight for a man whose own debts were starting to haunt him. As he retraced his steps on his journey home, he felt a sudden flash of inspiration. What about a Christmas story? Yes, he would write one for the very people he'd passed on the black streets of London. People who daily lived and struggled with the same fears and longings he was now knowing. He struck on the idea of adapting the Christmas story from a chapter in his Pickwick papers. He would fill the story with the scenes and characters his readers loved. The 
there would be small sickly child, his honest but ineffectual father, and at the centre of the piece, a selfish villain, an old man with a pointed nose and shriveled cheeks. Mr Scrooge, I'll give you Mr Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, the children... By the middle of November, the manuscript was growing page by page, and the story had come to life. The basic plot was simple enough for children to understand, but evoked themes that would conjure up warm memories and emotions in adults' hearts. Gradually, in the course of his writing, something surprising happened to Dickens. What had begun as a desperate, calculated plan to rescue himself from debt, a little scheme as he described it, soon became a work that was to change him. As he wrote about the kind of Christmas he loved, joyous family parties with cheerful carols, games, gifts and delicious feasts, the very joy of the season began to lift his own depression. The story of the Christmas Carol began to capture his own heart and soul. Eventually, Tiny Tim with his crutches, Scrooge cowering in fear before the ghost, Bob Cratchit drinking Christmas cheer in the face of poverty, all embodied something of his own internal battles. I don't know what to do. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. A Merry Christmas. A Happy New Year to all the world. Could it be that part of him was still on emotional crutches? Part of him felt bowed by the Scrooges of this world that only thought in financial terms. Could it be in writing this story he was rediscovering the real spirit of Christmas that refused to bow the knee to injustice and inhumanity. Long life to him. A merry Christmas and a happy new year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. At last, on December 2nd, it was finished. The manuscript went to the printers, and December 17th, the author's copies were delivered and Dickens was delighted. He knew it would be popular, but he wasn't ready for what was to come. The first edition of 6,000 copies was completely sold out by Christmas Eve. And as the little book's heartwarming message spread, Dickens later recalled how he received by every post all manner of letters from all manner of strangers writing about their homes and hearth and how the carol was read aloud there and kept on a special little shelf by itself. Interestingly enough, it didn't solve all of his financial problems because he demanded such a high quality production 
and demanded a low price that the book could be available to everyone, that the profit margins were extremely low, but it had become his personal Christmas gift to the poor. It did revive his audience for past and subsequent novels, though, and it gave a new direction to his life and career. Merry Christmas, baby. You sure did treat me nice. Did you know the phrase Merry Christmas found in Christmas carols gained popular usage only after his story appeared? Merry Christmas, baby. Sure did treat me nice. So, all over the world this Christmas, Christmas will be a little merrier. And people will be a little more thoughtful about those less well-off than themselves and of their responsibilities to them. Yes, and we'll all be reminded that often it's in the midst of self-doubt and confusion and threatened poverty that a person often does their best work if they can find a spiritual purpose in the midst of it all. As for Charles Dickens, it was his novel that helped him discover a new faith, not only in himself, but in the capacity of that first Christmas story to switch on the light of joy in one's own hopelessness. Maybe it's time to put the Scrooge in our own hearts aside, the Scrooge of economic rationalism and the assumption that the dollar is the only reality. Perhaps it's time to rediscover, in the midst of our unemployment and economic difficulties, what our deepest humanity hungers for most of all. A real encounter with that special spirit that somehow draws nearer to us every year at this time. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. This is Mel Garvin wishing you and yours a very safe, happy and holy Christmas this year. God bless us, everyone.